we are all desperately searching for. God didn't give us this life as a formula to be solved, but a journey to be enjoyed. We hope your trip is an exciting one. Chapter 1. You are the boss of you. Justin walked into the opening day of first grade with Erica, his mother, on his heels. Dressed in his freshly ironed shirt and shorts and new top-of-the-line name-brand sneakers, his hair was combed so perfectly that it was tempting to pat him on the head and accidentally mess it up a little. Pushing past all the other children and their parents, Erica approached the 20-year veteran teacher who was greeting everyone at the front of the classroom. Hi, Mrs. Simpson. This is Justin, and he's very excited to be in your classroom this year. Justin is extremely smart and is an exceptional child, she said, straightening his shorts and wiping a spit-moistened thumb across his cheek. He deserves special attention because he is really sensitive. He needs to sit right at the front of the class, she smiled admiringly, babbling on as wide-eyed Justin stood by, hanging on her every word. As she pointed to Justin's assigned desk two rows back, Mrs. Simpson grinned knowingly and said, There's Justin's desk. You might want to help him get settled in. I'll be by to see if you have any questions after I visit with all the other very special students who are waiting to get their desk assignments. A bit shocked by the teacher's response, Erica shuffled her son to his desk, grumbling about it not being a front row seat. In fifth grade, Justin's teacher explained during a teacher conference that he was falling behind. Erica's exasperated response was that it was the first grade teacher's fault because Justin didn't have a front row seat. In eighth grade, at parent-teacher night, the math instructor expressed concern with Justin's lack of motivation to finish his work and turn it in on time. The problem began in fifth grade when Justin fell behind. You know, his teacher just didn't give him enough individual attention, Erica rationalized. In his sophomore year of high school, the principal called Justin's parents to let them know that he'd cheated on a history test. Their response was that if the tests weren't so hard, Justin wouldn't feel it was necessary to cheat. In his senior year, after he sent threatening mail to several students, Justin explained in the principal's office that it was because he didn't get the lead part in the school play and he was tired of being picked on. It was all the drama coach's fault. He struggled through college and law school, transferring in and out of classes, trying to find professors and situations that would accommodate him. His marriage failed after three years because his wife's family really never accepted him. After moving from law firm to law firm, he landed in jail for embezzling from his partners. It was the firm's fault because they just didn't move me up the ladder fast enough, he explained. What else was I to do? The saddest part is that Justin couldn't see the common denominator in all of his problems. It was not the first, fifth, eighth, or tenth grade teachers. It wasn't the drama coach or his ex-wife's family, not the professors or the law partners. Justin's problem was Justin. When asked what he thought the thread running through his troubled life was, Justin just stared at the counselor as if he'd been asked a trick question. Dr. Albert Ellis, a renowned psychologist, says, The best years of your life are the ones in which you decide the problems are your own. You don't blame them on your mother, the ecology, or the president. You realize that you control your own destiny. 
It's an interesting facet of our strange human nature. There's no shortage of those to take credit when things go well, but no one wants to take responsibility when things fail. We place blame, then run away from accountability like someone who has just lit a gigantic firework display. We blame our spouses for our financial woes, our children for our marital disharmony, our parents for our buried anger, our jobs for not having enough time at home, the school for our children's poor performance, the church for not enough biblical teaching and guidance, McDonald's for our weight gain, and the government for everything else. There's no question where it begins. It's Jimmy's fault. No, it's not. It's Tommy's fault. That shouting match is as familiar as the aroma of a gym class locker room. The unanswered question is, when does it stop? Mature is a person who refuses to make bogus excuses.